0: Thank you. You can be seated. Oh, you're too kind. Good to see you all. I mean, you guys are like really nice. I've never, I've, I've never actually had words of affirmation in the intro of the service. God bless you. Good to be here with you. Uh, thank you. Uh, what do they call you, Doctor Graham? Doctor Graham. Uh, I wanna, I wanna kick off actually just giving honor uh, to President Scott Hagan, who is a uh, mentor in my life. Uh, so thankful for him. He's spoken into my life on several occasions. And I don't know if I've ever met a more profound individual. I was actually, uh, we were at an event together. I don't even remember where, we, but we were staying at the same hotel. I went down for breakfast. I was telling somebody, I'm like, Scott Hagan has more quotable lines than anyone I've ever met in my life. This guy like, is just profound. And um, and he, as I'm talking about him, he comes walking into breakfast his hair's still wet, like he just like I think got out of the shower. He's like walking, and I was like, "Let's test him." And so he walks up, and I'm like, uh, "Scott, uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about right now?" And he said, "Oh, you know, this morning as I woke up, he said I was I was just uh, thinking about the fact that God will test and cause us to taste the contents of our heart with promotion, demotion, and delay." I'm like, bro, that was before breakfast? Like, I mean, that's, that's what he woke up thinking about. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> this man's on another level. But anyway, so I'm so thankful for him and, and uh, honored to be here with you. Um, I, I want to just real quick, by way of introduction, um, uh, you know, my wife and I moved to Columbus, Ohio, 10 years ago. And uh, we did a year of pre-launch to start a church. You know, you, you, starting a church, they don't just start themselves. Like, you got to get there. You got to do stuff. And so we moved to a place we had never been. We didn't know anybody and so um, uh, I came in, and how many, how many of you know churches that have not launched yet do not pay well? All right, so it's, it's, it's a rough salary of zero. And so uh, I'm like, I gotta get a job in the community. And so uh, I went in and actually went to this fitness, uh, fit, fitness center. I pretended to want a membership because I wanted to work the front desk, I wanted to meet as many people as I could. It was one of these massive like, fitness clubs, like 10,000 members. So I go in, I, I pretend to want a membership. I meet with the, uh, the the manager of the club about halfway through the tour of the facility. I stopped him. I said, "Listen, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. My name is Greg. I'm here to plant a church. I need a job. And if you hire me, I'll be the best employee that you've ever had." He's like, he's like, "What?" I said, "I'm I said, "Listen, man. Uh, I'll, I'll come early. Um, I will stay late. I'll treat everyone with honor and respect. Um, I will learn as many names as I possibly can in in this." brain, whatever I can hold. I was like, I'll, I'll uh, you'll never have to clean up one of my messes in the lobby. And, and he said, well, um, what do you want to do? I said, I want to work the front desk. He goes, you're hired. He said, we've never had anyone that passionate about the front desk. I said, I want to be the front desk guy. I said, I want everyone that walks in this place to have to walk past me. And, and he said, all right. He said, you know it pays minimum wage, right? I was like, I love minimum wage, bro. I was like, I'll take minimum wage all day long. I was like, that's my middle name. He, he said, well he said what, uh, what time can you work? I was like, you tell me, man. You're Batman. I'm Robin. What time do you want me to work? He said, we, we need an opener. I said, opener's great. What time you want me here? He said, 4.30 tomorrow morning you start. Come on, dude. Have you ever had your poker face tested? You know what I'm saying. 4:30 in the morning, I was like, in, in, on the outside, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, of course. 4:30, yes. Who's not up at 4:30? In my head, I'm like, blah, blah. I'm like, 4:30, like, God is not up at 4:30, and that's not even a joke. Have you ever tried praying at 4:30? God's like, call back at seven. I, I, it's 4:30, dude. Go back to sleep. And so every single day, I woke up at 3.45 a.m., drank a pot of coffee in Jesus' name, rolled in at 4.30 in the morning, opened all the doors in the gym, welcomed people in one at a time, and met people. And that's how we started One Church. Didn't know a soul until that, that, that journey. And God used it. I did marriage counseling at the front desk. That's not a joke. I led people to Jesus at the front desk. Um, and I, and you, you'd be surprised how far you get with someone by learning their name, right? I mean, sometimes we overcomplicate this thing. You know, Jesus uses like salt and light. You know, let's not get real complicated. It's like it should taste good and, and it should bring light, okay? And if you just like learn people's name, you show honor to someone by learning their name. If it's like, oh, what's their name? Oh, yeah, you, you know, what's her name? That's dishonoring. You learned their name, and a lot of people became curious about me because I was curious about them. And I learned their name, and then doors just began to open, and that's how we started the church. and And now we're nine years in; a lot of things have have happened since. But what what I want to do is is I want to take a moment and share with you, um, kind of just one thought, and. Um, uh, something that I, I hope you'll remember. I hope it'll stick with you. I hope this is something that not only will help you right now in the season that you're in, but ultimately something that will guide you throughout your life. And, and I want to start with this idea that um, like, life happens really fast. I know you hear that all the time. It's probably annoying. But like, you know, I turned 40 this year. Uh, it didn't feel like that long ago that I was like 20. And so 20 years go like that. No, I know you're sick of that. Everyone's like, oh, it goes fast. It goes fast. Like, shut up. Uh, okay. But it, it's true. It does go really fast. And, and from 20 to 40 goes fast, and then from 40 to 60. And at some point, at some point, all of us are going to end up on a front porch on a rocking chair, right? Like that's you're going to get there eventually. Uh, I wish I had a rocking chair, but that's where you're going to get. Like at some point, you're going to end up on a rocking chair somewhere, and you're going to be looking back over your life, and, and you're going to look back, and you're going to you're going to have some regrets. That's inevitable. You will have regrets. You're going to have some things you did right, some things you wish you had back. And that's all fine. It's, it's wisdom when you start out where you're at to begin with the end in mind, right? That's smart to do. Like a, a man named Stephen Covey wrote a book years ago, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he says one of the huge habits of highly affected people is they begin with the end in mind. They write the last chapter first. And I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with that. I I I agree with that in the sense that I do think that when you are predetermining where you want to end up, you, you want to predetermine some of it, but not all of it. Um, you want to predetermine not where you will end up, but who you will become when you get there. Who do you want to be when you're 65 years old? Who do you want to be when you're 75 or 85? Like When you, when you get to the rocking chair... Who do you want to be? I think there's a danger in predetermining where you'll end up. And when I say where, I don't just mean a geographic location. I'm talking about a role that you're hoping to get to someday. Maybe you have a vision as an entrepreneur. Man, someday I want to start my own business. I want to be self-employed. I want to get to this place where I'm independent financially. Maybe you even have a, a, a tangible number goal of how much money you'd like to make someday or what your standard of living would be. Okay, all of those types things. I think we can, if we predetermine where we want to end up, um, you might actually end up in the wrong spot. And I think sometimes we get really confused, even in this issue of faith and this journey of faith, um, there's a big difference when we think about dreams and visions and and faith. There's a big difference between a God-given dream and a self-centered hallucination. (laughs) There's a big difference, and, and sometimes it's hard to know the difference. Um, you, you got to be clear about this because uh, if you start with a self-centered hallucination, this is where I want to get to, and you go to your dream board, and, and you whiteboard it out, and then you go and, and you try to beg God to cosign, and you call it faith, you've totally missed it. Totally missed it. And there's a lot of people that are praying prayers of faith trying to get God to cosign a dream they came up with. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a big difference. I've seen a lot of people wounded on that journey because they prayed faith and they, they thought that faith was actually like them believing that God would do the thing that they wanted him to do. I, I want you to ask yourself this question honestly, and you're going to need to ask yourself this question along the journey of your life. Um, do you want to do great things through God or do you want God to do great things through you? sounds similar, but it's very different. Um, if, if it's your dream, and now I need God to just be the conduit. God, I got a great idea. I even whiteboarded it neatly here for you. Now I just need you to provide for it. I just need you to be the conduit to my dream. Then, then you're missing it, and, and you're actually in for some heartache because we're really good, by the way, really good, even as Christians, even as uh, you know, people of faith, of quoting about half of a scripture or a part of a principle, okay? Uh, Romans 12 to, you know, do not be conformed, right? Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's good, keep going. Then you'll be able to know what? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. Okay, we're, we're, we're cool with that. We, okay, we don't want to be conformed to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not conformed to the pattern of the world, but that's not enough to just not be conformed to the pattern of the world. I have to have my mind renewed. Once my mind's renewed, then I'll understand what? His will. I'll know the difference between a self-centered hallucination and a God dream. And so it said, then I'll know the will of God. I'll know that if, when God renews and transforms my mind, then I'll actually know if the thing that I've been thinking about or wishing for or planning for is actually the thing he has for me or I just saw somebody else do it and I superimpose myself and I myself in and thought, that'd be really cool to be one of those. We're good at half the verse. Uh, we're, we're good at this one, uh, Romans 8.28. Uh, to you know? God causes all things to work together. God causes all things to work together. God, did not he good? He causes all things to work together. Keep going. For the good of those, keep going, who love Him, keep going, are called according. That verse isn't for everybody. If you don't love God and you're not called according to. That verse is not for you. There's people claiming the verse. God's gonna cause it all. Hey, if you're not called according to His purpose, he is not on the hook to work it out for your good. So so we got to be careful with this because Jesus didn't die on the cross just so you could go platinum. We've got got to know the difference. And and, and many times we do, and and we don't get this. Uh, Here's one that that God's been using in my life, and I'm going to give you a little context on it. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, right? Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That's a great scripture. If you read it in the King James, it even sings even a little bit better. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. I mean, I want to shout on that. Like that's ex- exceeding abundantly. I mean, that's just like a, a, a seal team six for Jesus verse. And, and, and when I hear exceeding abundantly above all that I, okay, I just start to think bigger and, and, and louder and better. And, and when we hear that a lot of times that even that verse is proclaimed in the context of trying to get you to whiteboard bigger whiteboarding dreaming and hey I love whiteboards but is this what God is leading me into I mean look at the lap back part of that verse according to his power that's at work within us so when we think about a renewed mind when we think about the purpose of God uh, when we think of all of these things coming together like his power at work within us immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine, might be something you would never ask for or think about. Okay? Understand this. In Ephesians, Paul's writing to the Ephesian church, the church in Ephesus, and he's trying to sell them an idea they don't want. Hey, um, I know everybody's a little disappointed because they thought Jesus was going to come in and he was going to be this revolutionary that would beat back the Romans. He was speaking to a culture that has spent generation after generation in bondage. If they weren't in bondage to the Egyptians, they were in bondage to the Babylonians. If they weren't in ba- bondage to the Babylonians, it was to the Assyrians. And now the new uh, uh, the new captor was the Romans. And so he gets up and he's talking about revolutionary and he he's now the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies and, and, and he's bringing in a new covenant. And everyone's going, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. Now we, the Israelites, after all these years of bondage to Egypt and, and all the others and now we're the Romans or the late And now we are going to be at the top of the economic and military food chain. And it's going to be Jesus, he's going to be the one, he's going to be the Messiah that's going to lead us out of this captivity. And and so they were all expecting a certain thing from Jesus and and everyone was disappointed because my kingdom's not of this world. My kingdom's not of this world. I I didn't just come to put you at the top of the the food chain that you would then dominate the the world. I'm, I'm coming actually to do something bigger than that. And so ultimately what Jesus did was brought a brand new covenant that did not isolate the nation of Israel, but proliferated the gospel to the ends of the earth to say, now what I'm going to do instead of elevating the Jews above everyone else as a race, I'm going to bring together a multi-ethnic, multicultural group of people together. You used to have dividing lines of that's unclean and and this is clean and that's bad and this is good and we never mix the stuff. But now we're going to mix it all together. We're bringing in Gentiles, man. We're bringing in Samaritans we're bringing in every and we're going to go to the ends of the year a globalized vision these israelites didn't want a globalized vision. i don't want a globalized vision i don't want to be diverse i want to be at the top of the food chain i thought you were here for my predetermined self-centered hallucination i thought we were going to ride in on a white horse with big guns and take over the world and be at the top of the economic heap even jesus own disciples he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is Acts 1. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He's getting ready to go. And the disciples are like, okay, so now are we going to go in and take over militarily? And he's like, oh, my God. Ascension, get me out of here. <laughs> so now the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians has the unenviable task to try to sell a multi-ethnic, new covenant, multicultural church to a bunch of people that didn't want it. That is the backdrop for him saying, to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you would ask or imagine. He's saying that to people who did not ask and did not imagine for a multicultural movement. He's saying, listen, you, you have now predetermined a a self-centered hallucination and you tried to get God to sign up for it. He didn't do it. He wanted to do a new thing. So so do you want God to do great things through you or do you want to do great things through God? I I say this to you today because I want to set you on a, a path of flexibility to what God wants to do in your life. Begin with the end in mind, determine who you want to be in this journey, and who you want to be as a person that is flexible to the move of God, that is listening to the Holy Spirit, who's guiding you along the way to bring you revelation day in and day out, year in and year out, season in, season out. Because there's going to be a time you might have to pivot from the dream that you had. There may be some times, right now, you may not know the difference. I'm not sure, is this me or is this God? You may not know that right now. The question is, if God takes you in a different direction, will you go or will you fight it? Will you be disappointed like everybody was with Jesus because he wasn't the kind of Messiah that they wanted? I I gotta tell you a little part of my story and I'll be quick here because I know we gotta get on. Um, I've got three kids, I'm married. My wife Shaylin and I have three children. Wonderful kids. My daughter is the oldest; she's 11 years old. We have a very special relationship. And then I have two sons, Hudson and Miles. My daughter and I are just unbelievably close. When I find out we're having a boy, Hudson and I are very excited. I'm like, "Oh, this is so cool! A boy and a girl." And and Hudson's born, and 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 pretty quickly, you know, started like wasn't having the same bond with him. I was trying everything throwing ball to him blocks you know cars whatever and he didn't want anything to do with me and i'm like okay you know he's little it's part of life you know little mama's boy is fine eventually we'll get through this and 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 then you know just waited out you know and then i started to get older and i he wouldn't look in me in the eye and he wouldn't interact with people he's very clingy and and so i was like <gasps> he's not wanting to talk some things going on, "Ah, boys and girls are different. I don't know, I think something's not right. So we start to kind of watch him. And over time, we find out actually that my son has autism. And so, you know, to be honest, I had my head in the sand. I I didn't know the rise, the catalyst. There's some catalyst, right, that's causing this to happen a lot. And so the, the stats, you know, are massive in the last 20, 30 years that it's happened. But it was, I was unaware, to be honest. So I had to kind of get my heart around that. I had to get my head around that. And I did. And I actually had a man in our church who has an adult autistic son who came to me. He's like, Greg, um, you need to mourn the son you thought you were going to have so that you can really, really accept Hudson as he is and, and be a great. And that was profound advice. Like I did. I went through this process of mourning. And, and now I could tell you story after story of my son and I, you know, bonding, growing together. He's a wonderful kid. Well, we thought we were going to be done having kids, but we changed the we you know turned the page mentally, not physically. If you don't know what that means, ask one of your professors. But we we ended up having another child, and 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 we, my wife gets pregnant again, and we find out it's a boy, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a son, and so, and so now I'm like, this is amazing. You know, we've got my daughter Ella super close, my son, Hudson, we're circling the wagons around his um, situation, and then I'll have my son Miles, and he's going to be just like me, and and, and we'll play ball together, and we'll you know you know yell at the refs together and everything and, and and then and then miles starts growing up and we start to see the same symptoms and it turns out miles also has autism so now I've got two autistic sons, and, and I'm you know, trying to figure this out, trying to reconcile emotionally. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I slid into for a season, an area, a, a season of self-unawareness or a lack of self-awareness, however you want to say that, where I, I realized that my attitude had shifted because I'd really put God in a box in terms of what exceeding abundantly above all that I would ask or imagine. Because to be honest, I wouldn't ask or imagine for that. I never imagined. Oh, it'd be really cool to have two uh, autistic sons. I didn't think about it. that. wasn't something I thought about or asked for, um, and yet here they are, and they're my sons, and I love them. I feel this deep, you know, this deep bond, and I slid into this mentality of like really bummed out with God because I'm like God. Yeah. You know, I just want my sons to exceed me. You know, I want my daughter, my kids to go beyond me. I want them to go further than I've gone. I want to be able to invest in them as little leaders and raise them up and and everything. And, and, and I was really struggling, you know, with them and 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 struggling with even like, God, how do you see this? And and God brought me to this verse. And and what, what God showed me was, Greg, when when you've always heard Ephesians 3.20, to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask your think you... You think of the things that you've seen and thought about souped up to the 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 version, and to think that I can just do a bigger version of what you've seen, but what you don't realize is exceeding abundantly more might be something you never thought of and would have never asked me for. And so what I realized is a lot of my grief and pain was was the fear that my sons would ever exceed me, And, and, and God had that moment of just slapping me upside the head and going, excuse me, you think I can't do more with autism than you can do with a prodigy? You you think, oh, oh, oh you think you're a big deal? Oh, you think I can't take two boys with autism and exceed you? Wake up, son, I can blow you out of the water with these two boys. I can do much more. And, and, and God has used that situation to bring dimensions and actually has done things through my son's that he couldn't do with them as star athletes or honor students or whatever the stereotype the the, uh, the what we imagine as what I would think or ask, and and you know I, I had recently I had a mentor in my life who was talking about creative thinking and he said he said uh, hey Greg d- describe for me as creatively as you can um, the most beautiful sunset you can come up with I'm like okay so I'm okay oh uh, you know the sand on the the beach and then there's ocean and then this is coming you know it's hard to do you know i was like and then it's orange and kind of yellow and a little bit of red you know it's maybe a purple and he's like he's like look what you just did he said i asked you to be creative in a description and you went to a memory you just described something you've already seen he said one question i'm gonna flip it and mess your whole brain up he said describe for me as creatively as you can a beautiful sunset on mars I was like, uh I've never been to Mars. He's like, exactly. Describe it. I'm like, oh. caverns, uh, Martians, uh a, a, a greenish. I I'm like, I don't know. He, he said, exactly. He goes, think about this. There's there there's a sunset on Mars. There's something outside of what you can think of and what you can ask or imagine or where you've been that's a whole new zone of creativity. And God can take you to places that in your own own imagination is robbing you from the place God wants to take you because because you have a self-centered hallucination, a predetermined outcome. You have a place you're trying to get. And God wants to take you to a place that you've never thought of. You wouldn't even know how to ask. Know how to ask. I end with this. One day I'm struggling with my boys and I'm praying and I'm like, God, help my sons. You know, help my sons. They got this autism. Help my sons. And, and, and God said, just spoke into my spirit and was like, You know, Greg, you're trying to make your boys more like you and I'm trying to make you more like them. I'm like, What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? And I, and I, I realized, so my sons. They, they, they love school. They love the bus. So we've nicknamed our family vehicle the car bus. And so, so whenever we have to go somewhere, I'm like, boys, to the car bus. My boys love the car bus. And whenever I say, go to the car bus, whatever they're doing, they can be playing with something. They're like, Whoa. And it hit me that my boys have never, not one time, literally not one time ever asked me where we're going. Never. Not one time they'd be like, Where are we headed, Dad? They don't. You know what they do? They go get on the car bus. What's going on in their brain? I'll tell you what's going on in their brain. We don't know where we're going, but Dad does. He's never let us down. I mean, we might go to Ikea. Yo, my boys think Ikea is one of our houses. They're like, My dad's got a big, big house, lots and lots of rooms. They'll go in and lay down in the bed and cover up. I don't know, man. Wherever we're going, we're going to get something to eat. Here's what my boys know. My boys know that if we're out late and they fall asleep, somehow, magically, they always end up in their own bed. And, and dude, I, I grew up, when I was their age... I was taking my parents to the third circle of hell with the grand inquisition every time we took a family trip. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Should we ask for direction? Do you know where we're supposed to go? Are we there? Dad, are you sure you know what you're doing? Dad, my dad's like will you shut up and just trust I know where I'm going? And I'm trying to get my boys to be more like me. God's like, I want you to be more. Just shut up and get on the car bus. I know where I'm going. I'm going to take you where I want you to be. Don't predetermine the outcome. Don't predetermine where you want to be. Why don't you just walk by faith and trust that I'm going to take you where I want you to go. Get rid of your self-centered hallucination and let God put a dream in your heart and be flexible enough to pivot when he wants to pivot you. Don't get down in the dumps when things aren't going the way you want. It's his dream anyway. You don't own it. He's the one that put it in your heart. So be willing to go wherever God wants you to go. To him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think or imagine. God might take you to something you've never thought of and would never ask for. Let's pray. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, you would release something in this house among these students. God, they're going to go to the ends of the earth. That's the beautiful thing about a place like this is it's a sending place. Students come in for a season and then they go to different spheres and different sectors and they go into the educational sector and the business community and the church world and some are going to go to other countries and yet, God, uh, these are steps that you're ordaining and leading. So, God, I pray that we would not put you in our, our little brain box or our dream whiteboard, but, God, that we would be willing to be flexible to where you send us because we know to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you would ask or think according to his mighty power that's at work within us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed.